Okay, recording live. The newest episode of Mindset Moves Podcast. Exclusively for you, the members of The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. I love helping other people to not have to go through some of the tests and trials that I did if possible. This is where you get the first dibs of the best business strategies ever so you can grow your revenue while minimalizing your time, your efforts, and your energy. There's great coaches. There's people in this field. So yeah, you want them on your team. Welcome to the newest episode of the Mindset Moves show. Today, we're going to tell you about what are the things that have potentially happened to you before you can even remember it, before you were even ever born that could be stunting your growth now. And these are for you if you feel feelings of anxiety, feeling feelings like you're not good enough of a business owner, you're not good enough to serve your clients, you're not good enough as a mom, you're not good enough as a wife. I've brought the expert on this topic here, Dr. Tanya Kindle, who um, has a PhD and uh, is a, has been a licensed clinical psychologist for years and is now offering her services as an intuitive breakthrough doctor to you. I am so excited for her to break into this and tell us what, I mean, she, we at a recent event had an interaction about it. So I'd love to hear more about it. Uh, but before I go on, Dr. Tanya, who are you? What makes you the expert? Why should we listen to you? And why are you doing what you're doing? Um, all great questions. Uh, I am, I'm doing what I'm doing because it is pretty much my soul's purpose. I absolutely love um, interacting with my clients. I love to to serve and to be, um, to, to feel the energy that comes from when they really make these huge breakthroughs and their entire reality has just changed in how they used to see themselves, how they used to see others, how they see the world. And it opens up so much more of a joyous and, um, present life, uh, out of side of that survival mode. Um, I, I feel like an expert in this area because I am a geek with social skills. Um, I absolutely love studying everything from cellular systems to quantum physics and everything in between. Um, however, I'm really, really easy to get along with and I can really sit down with anybody and feel compassion and really enjoy talking to them and finding their uniqueness in this world. And so uh, after getting a doctorate in psychology, I've continued studying just many, many different systems. So everything from internal systems to cellular to metaphysical systems that can impact our, our current reality. I love um, that we don't have to rely on one theory or one sort of program to say, okay, this is, this is how it is. And a lot of times in psychology, you get trained on one program. And when that doesn't work or it doesn't connect, we think, oh, it failed. 
there are so many different programs. There are so many different ways of accessing our bodies, of accessing information, of finding who we are in this life. And if one works for one person and it doesn't for another, then we find that customized way to really get to know somebody. And so I find myself in this area where I have all of this knowledge and I just want to share it. I want to help people to find um, really their joy and, and break through a lot of what has been keeping them stuck, which they, a lot of people just think is normal, right? We just think like stress is normal and, you know, having migraines is normal and back pain is normal and, you know, not wanting to go outside of the house is normal. Like this is all not something that we have really addressed in ourselves and our own curiosity to say, hey, like what's what do I want? What what is there more? And we don't have to wait until it becomes a disorder or a disease, or we find ourselves thinking I'm defective before we can really explore that. It's such an amazing adventure to explore our own internal systems. Absolutely. I We were just talking about that because we're working on your marketing stuff together and how each and every one of your patients and clients is it's their own unique person, right? And so uh, that can be a little bit tough in marketing, but we're certainly addressing that. Um, so this show is about shifting your mindsets as viewers of simple little tweaks that you never thought about that could be minimalizing your efforts towards experiencing yourself as your highest self, Mm -hmm. as the person who fully accepts yourself, as the person who shows up without concerns of what anybody else is thinking, as a person who's attracting everything you've always desired. And you're not even surprised about it anymore. You just kind of expect it, right? Mm -hmm. I'd love to bring in experts like Dr. Tanya, because she's going to tell you how things that you don't even remember ever experiencing and just know that it's a part of your history because it's been told to you how they could be keeping you stagnant and and still and kind of plateauing where you are, as opposed to experiencing that internal joy and peace and excited to face your day when you open your eyes in the morning, like you can't wait for it. Right. Yeah. So what is that? I know. Okay. Well, I would like to use myself as a case study because we all know that, I mean, I have a show (laughs) because I like to talk about myself. Let's just be honest. No. Um, so because we want to obviously respect the privacy uh, and be mindful of, of your patients, uh, we were we were we were at my retreat and I brought up, oh yeah, I'm a twin. And um somebody asked, Are you guys, you know, are you do you look alike or something? And I said, whatever the question was, and I said, No, actually. When, when we were in utero and when I was born, I was like maybe five pounds and he was like a 10 pound heifer baby. And there's this joke. My dad always says, um, that he said I was born two minutes sooner. He said, you go right ahead. I'm going to finish eating Mm -hmm. (laughs) Funny joke. You know, we laugh at it. Mm -hmm. And then thereafter I experienced, you know, extensive medical attention because my body was not processing the nutrients necessary for me to grow. And then I actually recently found out that I had the same disease as tiny Tim in the Christmas Carol. It's a really long name that nobody knows how to pronounce, but I, I found that hilarious because Mm -hmm. I just like to think that everything's funny. So anyway, there's my backstory. And, uh, and it was so funny because we're talking amongst, you know, uh, 
everybody's, you know, high vibe female business leader. And we're all just bouncing off of each other in this moment. And, and she's like, oh, that explains that. That's why you're, and we're all like, wait, what? What is that? What do you mean? Because I'm like, what? What's wrong with me? So in that sense, how would that affect a person? Yeah. So we develop our sensory environment before we're even born. So, and some of that actually even goes back generations. Some of it's trapped in our genetic coding so that we can become more capable of surviving in the environment that our grandparents were in. in. So even before you're born, and in utero, your body's getting coded with survival skills, with things that are saying, okay, like watch out for this when you get out of here. If your mom has a really stressful event or there's difficulties like in getting nutrients from one child to the other, you know, it can really impact when you come out what needs need to be met. And something that if you're stuck away from your mother for a long time, so maybe you're lacking those nutrients and you're not able to get those, your body can start to form a belief that there is a lack of something. And that lack will be a drive and it'll start to kind of become a pattern over time. So our idea of lack, maybe there's not enough food for me. There's not enough love for me. There's not enough comfort for me. There's not, you know, there's not enough of attention for me, connection for me, power for me. It could be anything. Those can be developed very early. And honestly, most of them are because in Western Pennsylvania, we don't have to go very far back to find trauma. Like we don't have to go very far back to find food insecurity or poverty or even um, underlying um, oppression and things within in our in our heritage and stressors within pregnant. As you and I both know, as moms, it's very difficult to have a stress-free pregnancy and delivery. <laughs> right? Like it's, it's, it's almost a nuance just to have like a natural birth or a, a, you know, full nine months of getting pampered, like your Cleopatra, like that's not something that normally happens. So understanding this takes so much of the pressure off of us to think I'm defective. It's like, no, like something, something may have happened that wasn't my fault or that wasn't something I am aware of that could be blocking me experiencing feeling comforted, maybe feeling that there's enough food or insecurity around things. And, and so we, when we think on our own level, when we think of what we, what we know, we only know what we've experienced and we've only know what we've put meaning to. And that, that usually only goes back as far as maybe like five, six years old. And most of the stuff happened before then. Most of the messages we received, and then if there's trauma after that, it's usually a repetitive pattern that falls within that. So finding the root isn't often what we think it is. Finding the root cause of something is usually an emotional survival response and our and our subconscious is continually to protect us. And it can show up at any age. You can be going fine, going fine, going fine. And then like 16 hits and it's like, boom. It just shows up. You can be going into your 30s and boom, it just shows up. So 
the way we look at ourselves has to be extremely complex. And I really try and simplify that. So, and being able to be intuitive to what, when people are giving information, like you were at the, at the event and you're just putting on information. I'm always processing. I'm like, okay, boom, 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 boom. There it is. <laughs> like, so yeah. for, for people, it doesn't take years and years and years for, for us to find what these breakthroughs are. And, and I loved being, um, I love doing therapy. I love being a psychologist and really opening people up to that and then empowering them. So education is huge. Like, don't, you're not just coming to me because I'm going to tell you like you're an expert, like you become the person that is able to kind of find these things and find in the systems and have these breakthroughs and then the tools to kind of work through them as they come up in your daily life. Because once you find out something, maybe it's a great breakthrough. Your body is like awareness. You're in the present. And now you need the, the tools to say, okay, when that's coming up, how do I work with this intense emotion so that you're not terrified of the emotion? Like some people are extremely terrified of being hungry. Like it, the body has conditioned hunger around extreme threat. So anytime they feel like an empty stomach or anytime they feel like their body going into like the lower energy zone, they they have a quick response and it can be irritability. It can, it's where the word hangry came from, like, right? Like it can be irritability. It can be like overconsumption of other things. It can be like attachment onto other things. Like if they feel like they can't, they have to overconsume a certain type of food or they have to spend money on something. Like a lot of people are buying a ton of like, exercise programs and things typically when they're feeling low energy and that's right. usually the body just signaling like hey your energy is dipping lower because of this of you know this shift this natural cellular shift but if our subconscious is responding to that with fear based on these beliefs that we don't even know exist like you're going to continue these behavior patterns that feel mindless feel like out of control like even though you're cognitively aware of them your body's going through them so it's awesome to kind of work with anybody to to be able to kind of pick up on those things and say oh look there's a there's a pattern and and sit down and then go deeper or sometimes that's all people need it's it's really customized to seeing what is it that you need in this aspect versus saying, okay, you have to be in a program for 16 years. And then, you know, by the time you're, you know, 35, you're able to kind of break through. It should happen a lot quicker than that because we're working with the emotional basis of the beliefs, not just the cognitive part of it. Absolutely. Um, it, I, I already was familiar with these concepts because I love to work with mental health ex experts like you. It's just fascinating to me. And we have uh, quite a bit of them that have been clients as well. And uh, so when, you know, my mom passed away 18 months ago and uh, at the one year anniversary of her passing, I decided to go on a solo trip and all the places that were just really marked her life. Yeah. And so I went to Rome, I went to uh, Livorno, um, Rome is where we lived as a family. Livorno is where she is from in Tuscany. And then I went to Paris because uh, the first couple of years of her marriage, she had uh, lymphoma. And so she actually lived in Paris to get medical attention. And my dad traveled back and forth from Rome. Mm -hmm. And it was 
really eye-opening knowing the concepts that you're saying of learning about, you know, my great grandfather who uh, you know, lived through the war and the, you know, rewrote the Italian constitution and then, but, you know, was given a building and basically housed the entire extended family in this building. And then they opened up a shop with my, you know, my grandfather that just was in financial turmoil throughout yeah. the entire existence of it. And then, you know, finding out stories about my mom that, you know, in different lights than I knew her as my mom and, and then going to Paris and finding out about my French side of the family yeah. and, you know, that experience with World War II and Nazis yeah. and just amazing things my grandfather did. And I was just like, you know, and, and so if one is discovering that they have experienced this uh, ancestral trauma or, you know, trauma in utero or before they can even remember, what are some things that they can do to start addressing it? That's an awesome question. So a lot of the things is really starting to bring them into the awareness of acknowledging that they exist and being able to stay with your body. So being able to hold that space for these emotional experiences, what kind of emotion does that bring up when you think of it? You know, what, like being with your body, not in the, in the experience or in the threat space. So, um, during sessions, I will teach several tools to help with that. Those are somatic tools. So body-centered tools to, to go into the body, to hold space for the body, um, grounding tools within the feet. And I call them tools. I hate that word. I wish I could come up with a different word. We'll but, come up with a different yes, word. Thank you. Put that on your list. <laughs> All right. But coming up, like finding these, these extra experiences that you can have while while you're giving your body the recoding of this is not a threat. Like we're trying to take your body's conditioning away from the emotion. So being a, not being terrified of the emotion of the sadness of the grief of the trauma of, you know, feeling that pain, experiencing it in a safe place. And that's what I provide a lot is that safe space within me. Like there's no way that people like they're never going to be rejected from this space. They're going to have that safe space where they can learn to really kind of come into their body. Um, there's acupressure tools that's commonly referred to as tapping or EFT, where you can start to really be with the body when you're experiencing it and the signals that you can send to your body saying, I'm still here, I'm still present, you know, and that biggest fear that a lot of um, a lot of patients really kind of come in with is fear of those natural things like fear of rejection, fear of it's going to be too much for somebody. I'm going to overwhelm somebody. I'm going to overwhelm myself. Like emotions are our energy. They are literally energy in motion. So using those tools, um, I have different processes I use as well, including um, some spiritual processes to work through. Um, hypnosis is a great way to kind of really get to those subconscious um, feelings and roots and being able to hold that space for them. So there's a plethora of ways that are unique to each person um, that you can learn. And there's not one way. That's that's the great way with like 
knowing this is there's not there's not just one way to access the subconscious and be able to hold that it's there's so many different systems and you can have that customized to you to say okay I'm I have a client who I have all the tools in the world but she's she's not ready right now to get to that point like there's other layers we have to sort of work through and that that is her unique process. Like, so she might have a different approach to, you know, working with some of the resistance or the parts that are coming up and saying, nope, I'm not connecting to my body. I'm not, it's not safe for me to connect to my body. It's not safe for me to be in my body. And so her going through a program where it's just about connecting to your body would be not worth it for her. So being in this space, we can set it up that, she might say, okay, like this is where I can be right now, where I need to be. And there's different like um, internal systems theory where we're working with the parts and letting them have and letting them have a voice and feel validated and different things that we can work with if there's resistance to a certain method or a tool. So that's the fun part is kind of figuring out what everybody's sort of unique, unique pathway is to learn those tools. Tapping is a great one, but if you don't do it, it doesn't work. So, you know, sort of like a personal trainer, I could tell you to lift weights, but if you're not going to do it, it's not going to work. It's a, it's a personal training for your emotional system, for your body, for this full connection. Um, and once we, once we go through all the layers, um, people can do this stuff at home. They don't have to be in therapy forever. They'll know how to like use heart-centered approach. So that's another way of congruent, like aligning the heart and the gut, gut health. Like that's another way of like, you know, working with the body, like giving your body that gut, you know, um, health in terms of what supplements should you take and what sort of things. So it helps to kind of retrain both the cellular and the emotional and the spiritual system sort of all in the same line. But it's very customized. That's why I guess it's the science geek in me that is um, loves to kind of know all of this information and provide it in single session packages and, and even bigger packages for people who want more. Um, but yeah, like tools are many. And I actually like tapping is something I'll teach very early, just so people have that if they want to practice it um, going forward. And it's it's all over the internet too. So there's lots, lots of information. Yeah, a really that. good book is tapping into wealth. Yes, tapping into wealth. And um, they actually make one for kids um, about like, so it teaches kids like you know, this, like gorilla. You know what that's called? Yeah, I think it's called gorilla. Thumb Asking thumb. for a friend. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I, it's it's called gorilla thumbs and i can't remember the other one the other I'll look it up that's okay lion, like lion tears or something but it uses like different um things like this is gorilla thumbs and then like like you know lion tears like to bring that awareness to in a very simple way um, yeah kids too so there's like so i i would love to address what, with what you're saying the misconception of the uh, need to be positive and speak words of affirmation in a positive light 24 seven, because there's the misconception that then, okay, I have these negative feelings. I'm pushing to the side and then I'm going to think positive thoughts. Right. Yeah. Or I have, or there's the misconception that if you speak the things out that you're afraid of, that you're calling them into the universe. Mm. Um, 
but then what you're doing is that which you resist persists, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, yes, yes. What I mean, think that what you think you become, what you feel you attract, and what you imagine you create. So the idea of what you imagine you create. The idea. I'm sorry. There's an echo. So the idea of having to forcing ourselves to think positive. Okay. Not sure if that's on my end. Sorry. Um, the idea of trying to think positive all the time um, doesn't allow us the space to really know we have these other emotions that are important for survival and for human connection. Like it, it tries to say that these emotions are a threat and that tells the body to respond with stress. So if we think positive all the time, we're trying to think positive, we're invalidating ourselves. We're invalidating our body's natural survival. Sadness, grief, um, uncomfortableness, change, like things like anger. We need to be able to feel and, accept and express anger in a healthy way without saying it's not, it's, it's unsafe for me to be angry or having these beliefs around these emotions. So having a, a positive goal is, is amazing and, and, and knowing what emotions might be surrounding that to validate them as well. There's some, sometimes there's sadness, sometimes there's great resentment is a big one we have to sort of be able to kind of work through and process but these were all emotions that during a certain time in our life maybe even pre-verbal were important for our survival so invalidating them only makes them stronger internally and puts more stress on your organs so that's where we see a lot of like cellular changes when we're not sort of bringing them to the surface it's okay to be afraid of something but you don't want to live in that fear you want to kind of balance it with things as well and acknowledging that these emotions are a part of us you know and that we all have these parts of us that are shadow parts that might we we might want to put in the closet and for nobody to see they are something that when brought into a safe space like the therapy space we can start to explore with compassion and grace without fighting them so much because they're so important to our survival in as humans in this in this world Hi, thanks for watching the show. I hope you're enjoying this episode. While you might be familiar with the fact that I'm the CEO and founder of Media the Creative Agency, you might not know what else I've been up to. I love to help families make sure that you're fully protected. And that comes from a place of if something happens to you, is your business going to be okay? If something happens to you, is your family gonna have to worry about money? I am now a representative that will help you make sure that you are fully covered when it comes to your life insurance. That if something happens to you, your family can just focus on grieving and missing you and not have to worry as much about the money part of it. That's what I'm here for and I've been inspired to do this since the loss of my mom in 2022. And I can't wait to help you too. So if you have life insurance and you're just wondering whether you have the best fit for you and your family or whether the uh, cost is the best fit for you, 
and would like a quote, send me a message. Or maybe you've never had life insurance and you're curious about the different benefits of it and what it could potentially cost. Send me a message too. I'm here to help you. And all you have to do is just find me on social media, on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. Find my name, Marta Saray Greca, and ask me about you know life insurance. I'm happy to help you. I'm here to help. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of the show. Hi, we're back. Thanks for sticking around if you're still with us. So we were talking about different things that one can do if they are listening to this and going, oh my gosh, I heard my grandfather this or my mom this, or when I was in utero or before I could even remember it, we went through this. Um, how can I, how can I start healing? And you were sharing different tactics like tapping. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I actually only usually do it with one hand. Um, and then, uh, other tactics. And then you were sharing like some of those might, some of my clients might not be ready for that. So then there might be some resistance. And if you want to learn about that, definitely follow Dr. Tanya on her Facebook. She's going to be talking about, or she's been talking about resistance on her social. And, um, if you feel like you were experiencing technical difficulties and were not able to absorb some of the solutions that she was bringing to you, then this is a perfect opportunity for you to comment. If you're on a platform that, um, allows you to comment. If you're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, listening to this, that allows you to comment, ask your questions in the comments. Dr. Tanya will be tagged in this and she will happily have conversations with you in the comments. And also if you feel like, I don't really want to tell the whole world that this is resonating with me, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, then send her a PM on her Facebook page, belief to body, which is tagged in the show notes and the captions and descriptions, wherever you're watching this. And uh, you can start that conversation with her there. And, uh, you know, if she feels like she could help you, she might even offer you a complimentary session uh, just to get started. <laughs> um, okay. I would love to talk a little bit more. We've talked about ancestral stories, backstories. I know that you have a story that you can remember mm-hmm. that I relate to, and that's a pretty stringent religious background. I grew up in an organization that does have beautiful aspects to it. It is, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it does do some beautiful things things in the world, but there was definitely, um, a lot of scarcity minded, minded thinking, mm-hmm. a lot of sacrificial, um, behavioral behaviors that were awarded, rewarded. You were rewarded mm-hmm. for going off into the middle of nowhere and working for free. And essentially, yeah. um, uh, you know, they've been dis- I don't want to disparage anyone, but just in, in very, tough working conditions, mm-hmm. not being paid, but being honored and, and rewarded with accolades for dedicating your life in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, in that sense, and again, beautiful organization for some people, but it definitely created a very, it was like a very much a tribal thinking of behaving a certain way for approval. Don't behave a certain way or you won't be approved. You'll be, you know, embarrassed. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So and I want to hear your story. Yes. And, and, um, I had a similar upbringing, but not, you know, not out of the, the, um, the process of, of trying to, to harm. I think a lot of it comes from the process of trying to save. We use that word a lot, you know, coming from, you know, a part of our, the evangelical, the part that has to kind of have this purpose of saving. And, and um, I grew up 
with very loving parents, I have to say, I think it's one of the reasons that I feel I, um, I'm able to kind of hold space and do things as I did have, you know, a very, a great foundation of love. Um, I also was born with some um, issues physically, some things that were not able to kind of process through. I had a lot of um, issues with gut and a lot of issues with things with not being able to have breast milk and not being like allergies to things. Nobody knew what was going on. It was the eighties. Like they're like, Oh, I don't know. Just put her on a lot of antibiotics and figure it out. Right. And like, well, that screwed up a lot. We didn't know it back then, but being on antibiotics every like two weeks is not exactly how to cure a child. Um, we know this now didn't know it back then, <laughs> but going into this with my body, you know, already sort of in a vulnerable platform, um, there was a lot of religious belief on having to really have certain behaviors in order to be accepted, in order to be loved, in order to be, you know, granted this access to a, a better life. And if you didn't follow those behaviors, there was a lot of shame, rejection, um, a lot of you don't belong here. And, um, and it, it's as a child and a teenager, those are basic needs, we need to know that our system is accepting of us, you know, even if we, you know, want to do things like dance or, you know, be, you know, be out with our friends instead of at a Bible study, like there, you know, if we don't memorize every single verse of the Bible, like we maybe like need that sort of ability of feeling we still belong and are accepted. So knowing that this came from a place of fear, a lot of a lot of you know religious and very strict upbringings come from a place of fear even if it's not religious even if it's overprotective of some sort like bubble wrapping your children before they go to the park you know that sort of mentality it's although love is there love is the main connecting source fear is sort of overwhelming you know i know that you know there was a lot of love within my family but there was also a lot of fear that are, you know, for your soul, like fear of all of this stuff that could happen that could, that could damage, right? So you grow up with this, this threat over looming you all the time, like there's like this fear around, around things instead of it being more freedom and, and acceptance or that fear starts to kind of run the show. And you either have to surrender like or rebel and I was not the surrendering type <laughs> and you know when you sort of rebel it kind of goes to the extremes and you know asking questions raising your hand during church is not allowed I guess I don't know but like <laughs> I just didn't understand coming from coming from a, a loving family you know but in this fear-based environment, I didn't understand how someone, how a God could be so mean, how it could be so angry. It could be so rejecting mm -hmm. of, 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 you know, of children, of, of, of these uh, people. Like, and so I constantly kept saying to myself, it doesn't make any sense, but this doesn't make any sense. And when you're in like fourth and fifth grade and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. People are just like, well, it's just, it is what it is. Just accept it. 
And so I was not able to do that. And I have never been able to do that. I always have been um, looking for what makes actual sense and, and learning and adapting. So it, you know, in a way, like it sheltered me from a lot of things, but I kind of can look back at it now and see that, you know, see it for what it really is and rewrite the story around that and around what happened in those in those situations to know like is this person coming out of fear or is this person like on sort of their pathway of of passion love like just you know really um light and light pathways so when we see people it really kind of it really helps to open a perspective of things because now you're not, my body's not reacting to someone who's coming up to me, who's very religious and trying to like pummel me with things with a trigger. I'm no longer like going, oh my gosh, I have to be against them in order to save myself. It, it opens up like how you see systems, organizations, people, government systems, everything from yourself out. So it's internal work outward versus trying to change the outside to feel safe in and that helped me so much knowing you know it wasn't from a place of trying to smother me as much as it was coming from a place of love just that fear can really kind of give us these extreme thinkings like you know love or hate black or white like you know you got to rebel or surrender and those are survival mode and most of the time, people are still, parts of them are still in survival mode. That's the, that's the exciting part is that some of our parts are doing, are kind of in a place of being able to, you know, have these great experiences, be emotionally, um, emotionally balanced, and then other parts may not. Those are the parts that may have like areas that are still trapped so it's not a whole thinking it's a very much of a, a balanced thinking um way of approaching it but for me being able to come back to finding you know what i need it for my spirituality for my you know for my relationship with my higher power that had to come from an internal versus a rejection of like and that's that's a big a big thing that you know we fear as humans is rejection is rejection and knowing that we can never ever be rejected from from our true from our true source is a huge huge way of um sensing and feeling and getting in touch with our body because we're so afraid of rejection from because it hurts it's painful it's absolutely painful and for you know for um, primitive living that was death if you became rejected from a tribe or rejected from a system you probably your 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 rate of survival wasn't as big as the people that were next to the fire. So being able to really resonate with, you know, those those are not personality traits. These are these are innate things that our body is trying to talk to us about and listening. Just listening to them. Okay? Listening to the stories, listening to them. They everything is information. And it's a beautiful story once we kind of really allow it to exist from a different perspective versus this survival and fear perspective. 
Absolutely. Everything you say is so wise. And I'm so blown away every time I hear you share your wisdom and I read uh, about more about what you're doing as we're working together. And speaking of which, I'd love for you to share, you know, very quickly your experience working with me, how you feel it has helped you so far. And we're still going. <laughs> yes, still more to come. Um, I, I was not uh, prepared. I think for the, for how much it would be a change for me. And I'm very grateful for that, you know, for, for it being something that I had to sort of, you know, shift in myself as well. Um, welcome to the social media world. I was not, I, you know, i Facebook has been where I put pictures of my kids during Halloween so that, you know, my aunt can see them and things they, this was not a platform for me and so that that has been something that you know I've been um, processing through as well growing and learning experience um, working with you has been amazing um, like I told you before I've I've kind of equivalented to like a graduate course with a professor that you like okay. <laughs> I love that because I'm like, okay, I have this homework I need to do and like sit down with it and, you know, really work through it and, and get feedback on it. But you need that critical feedback from someone who is looking at it, that perspective that you don't have. Um, so for me, like it's been, it's definitely been a learning experience um, to be, to see how, what I'm putting in words or putting in a video or putting you know, out there has an impact. Um, Cause I, I said, I would put, I would just have a camera follow me around all day and, you know, work, you know, if it came to posting a video of myself or walking down the street, like in a tutu handing out banners, I'd probably be walking down the street in a tutu. I'm a little bit more comfortable with that. So we all have to kind of bridge outside our comfort zone. And this, this was bridging outside my comfort zone. And I appreciate having the support and the space to do that as I'm learning these many different processes of my graduate program in marketing here. It's like a, it's like a swift, like, whoo, intensive, <laughs> intensive uh, learning, learning program. So it has really been awesome. Thank you so much. And if you have loved hearing or finding fascinating what Dr. Tanya has shared during this episode, please do go and follow her on Facebook, Belief to Body. We'll tag her and we'll tag the account. And again, if you are comfortable enough to ask some questions in the comments, please do. And if you feel like you need more of a private space, uh, just send her a PM on her Facebook page, Belief to Body, and she'll take you through some clarity probably pretty quickly. And until next time, guys, next week, we talk with um, Brian Buffalini, who is running a course to help you pay off all your debt 40% faster than you normally would with just a little bit of a shift of mindset. He shares he and one of my own mentors, uh, story, uh, Joy Buffalini, and how they were over $70,000 in credit card debt and how they paid that off in, I think like three years, as opposed to what they what it looked like the math was like 30 years or something like that. So I can't wait to share more about that with you. And um, I'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for watching and listening. See you next time.